Welcome to the Mary Jane Experience. Unbiased, unabridged, and most of all, informative. From our mountaintop view here in Colorado, here's how we see the cannabis industry today. Let's look at weed. This week's episode is brought to you by Savina Monet. Rock the style that's breaking stoner stigma. Savina Monet's ultra-soft unisex graphic tees are the perfect addition to your already rockin' wardrobe. Cannabists, gondrepreneurs, smart smokers, and old tokers alike can find something made just for them in Savina Monet's 2019 apparel collection. Mary Jane Experience listeners receive a very special 25% off code valid now through the end of the year. Use code MARYJANE on hellomonet.com. That's MARYJANE at hellomonet.com. Might have been good. Um, Could have been good. We'll Um, find out later. Anyway, welcome to the Mary Jane Experience, everybody. I am Casey Jones alongside Strawberry Sequoia, the hostess with the mostest. This week. The mostest weed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) anyway this week we did another cool investigative uh podcast about cannabis testing we spoke with the good folks at canisafe out in california oh i wanted to say colorado for a second there out in california uh we spoke with antonio he's the coo or chief of operations as i understand it he's the ops guy yep that's right head honcho making sure that Everything goes according to plan. And we just wanted to talk about cannabis testing. There's a lot coming out in the news. You know, the vape epidemic, a lot of illicit market cannabis products that are becoming a problem. Um, A health quote, people are calling it an epidemic, but it's actually not defined as an epidemic. It's just a few people have had some serious adverse reactions to bad illicit black market vaporizing products. Testing is important. Testing is one of those things that nobody really talks about. It's not it's not sexy. It's not fun. It's testing. It's science. But it's important. I think it's sexy. I think it is as well. That's why and I you reached out too. to Canasafe, which is the reason I reached out to them is because they were one of the first accredited or the first accredited cannabis testing labs in at least the United States. So, you know, they, they've been doing it for a while now, and I just wanted to learn about what they're seeing, like what's coming in from farms and grows and products. What are they seeing? What are they testing for? What should we be worried about? What should we not be worried about? How does testing even work? So, like, what are the processes that happen to test weed? Is it like, can we do it in our bathroom or something? Um, no. <laughs> That's an easy no. We're just going to put that one to rest. Yeah. You cannot test in your bathroom. Although I saw these things on LinkedIn to get today that are strips, like a pH strip, you know, you'd put in your water and it would test the balance of, of the pH of your water. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a strip of that nature that tests the amount of CBD content that's in, say, your tincture. Oh, we definitely have to give that a try. Yeah, I know. Just to like, I... double check it. We should, like, we should test it at the at-home test, wrap it in tin foil, put it in a glass jar, make sure it's cold and dank and 
safe and ship it off to the lab and see what they think. I know. Well, so I was like, so we'll do that I commented on this and I was like, wow, that sounds too good to be true. And the guy made me feel really stupid, actually. He was like, well, what about it is too good to be true? And I was like, I, I don't know. It just like it sounds crazy, right? I, I don't know. So maybe well, it, there's a really simple explanation for that one. But well, we'll figure getting that off out. track. Anyway. So I talked to Antonio. He came from actually aerospace engineering. So and- he's stupid. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and Aaron, the CEO of the company, convinced him to join him at Canasafe after a while of begging. So, you know, we always like to start with the story of how did you get into cannabis and specifically cannabis testing? I guess just like, you know, we used to borrow weed, you just got to know the guy. <laughs> um Actually, I played football in college with our owner and current president CEO, Aaron Riley. Uh, We met at Furman University in South Carolina. He was about four years younger than me, so we only played together for a year. But um, we left at the same time, though, because he became an early cannabis entrepreneur and unfortunately was kicked out of Furman before he finished. But uh, he finished up at Jacksonville University, played ball, got an MBA, too. And uh, long story short, just started uh, recruiting me back in like 2016 or 15 even. Just tell me about he was going back out to California and he was um, looking to get into cannabis again. You know, I thought he was trying to live a dream or whatnot. And I was kind of telling him, no, man, I got a good job. Uh, I myself, I'm a, I was at the time was an aerospace engineer. So uh, I got my engineering degree and I was working in uh, Baltimore and D.C., uh, supplying jet engine parts for for uh, for military and a good bit of commercial as well, and I you know was doing pretty well for myself at you know at what twenty something years old and managing a team of like fifteen, so I just uh, kept kind of putting them off until he explained more and more how he saw the regulations coming in the lab, but he had no idea how to run a lab, so you know <clears throat> even then I was telling him well hey I'm not a chemist and. He was just like, well, you know, you don't have to be a chemist. He goes, like, I know your skill set. You're good with regulatory. You're good with uh, people. And I need, you know, someone I trust to help me get this off the ground and then build in something huge. So Aaron's just our vision guy. I'm like the ops guy on our team. And then we hired uh, Eniafia, kind of our third hire. He's our uh, scientist. Uh, he, he's our specialist. You know, he is our uh, technical specialist between the three of us. We just all kind of took on different facets of it, Aaron, with sales and, uh, and funding myself with the ops and any with the science and we just uh, built Canisafe out into what it is today. Uh, it was a smaller, it was, it was always had very good science, but we kind of blew it up into this, uh, you know, 13,000 square foot model. Uh, person to follow up on now. with uh, cannabis and team sports. Definitely. Yeah. Did you I talk mean, to him about that at all? I really didn't. And him and the founder of the company, both, of course they met, playing football so they'd probably be really great people to talk yeah. to you about that ricky williams where are you at still want to talk to you <laughs> anyway <laughs> so it sounds like again kind of one of those those stories where not a lot of interest in the industry but a friend of a friend or somebody has a vision in how they can apply their skills they kind of just get like like our story we we kind of just like found ourselves in this industry because we have a specific skill set that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, so. we've also been smoking weed since we were yeah. children. But um, <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyways, so I thought it was, it's cool. You know, they, they saw that this testing lab, you know, that with a legal industry was going to come testing. Like, yeah. that's what happens. There's regulations that come with, with the legal side, and, and that's important. And started this lab, and it's now turned into this 13,000-square-foot lab yeah. where they are doing about a third of the market. In California, which is huge. Exactly. Right. So they're not small time. No, not at all. So, and then you, you did go on to talk about what, what like the inside or what a facility of this nature looks like, right? Yeah, just going a little deeper into like what a cannabis lab is. Yeah. Um, so here at CannaSafe, we are what you would call a profiling lab. You know, we're chasing the FDA standard of analyzing this medicine at a molecular level and all the things that the government asked us to profile for. So every product that you buy off of a license in a licensed dispensary has to go through an array of testing as a, as a prescribed by the Bureau of Cannabis Control. And uh, there's licensed labs that are allowed, third-party labs. You can't have any ownership of any products or anything else in the industry. We're probably the closest thing to a regulatory body that operates within the industry under the rules. And you have to send it through someone us uh, through, through someone like us, preferably us, in order to get it to the shelf to claim to to stamp that it's safe for consumer intake. And um, and, and kind of what that has evolved into now, the hot topic is vaping. And since you know. Vaping isn't necessarily new, but due to different changes in the industry, you know, different restrictions, the illicit market unfortunately grew and found this new cut of honey cut that, uh, you know, we know is THC cut with vitamin E oil. And that's kind of uh, what our new charge is, is just trying to figure out, okay, we know, you know, we don't have federal support to understand all these new products that we're seeing. It's beyond bakes, I mean, we see all kinds of things. I mean, we see wines, we see eye drops, all kinds of topical shampoo, um, suppositories, tampons, you know, all these, all these interesting things people are infusing. And although the THC is totally safe and, you know, like uh, MCT and vitamin E, and, and these other, vitamin E is safe in a topical, MCT could very well be safe in a tincture, but they're not safe in a vape cart. Uh, so when this stuff is inhaled, we're now taking the charge and the lead in the industry to uh, help people understand that. And now we're partnering with researchers to give them our profile data. Hey, we're saying, hey, in this vape car, we found all these nasty pesticides and all these nasty solvents and vitamin E. What does that mean for someone's lungs? And when we have that chemical analysis, they can make better decisions and not guess as much about what's happening out there. So that's kind of how we got started and what the purpose of us are, as well as kind of what that's rolled into and what's kind of the hot topic right now as it relates to us. So it so sounds like right. these guys or and girls at CannaSafe are on the forefront of finding more information about the vape crisis in particular, the particulates and things in vape carts or cartridges um, that are causing the problems that we're seeing. Well, exactly. Any yeah. product on the market, he even brought up tampons. Yeah. <laughs> they are testing to make sure that it's safe. So if they see a vape cartridge with vitamin E oil in it, mm -hmm. they're going to say, this is not safe to go to market. So yeah. th that product won't even make it to shelves. Yeah. It might, and I hate to say this, but it might get like shipped back and say, look, your product is, is crap. You got to throw this out. And people might like 
ignore under that the table shit no and put it in yeah. the illicit market. I don't yeah. know what goes on in behind closed doors, but I could see that being a thing that would happen. Yep. And and just the sidebar, um, real quick, because we've had a lot of questions about the vape market. The major issue is the fact that there are things that you can vaporize and breathe in that aren't a problem. The things that cause problems are things like vitamin E oil, MCT oil, people that are, people that are basically adding extra additives to their vape cartridges that when those things are smoked and they condense in your lungs, coagulate, yeah. they coagulate. So things like oils, um, thickening agents, thickening agents, they actually will burst the, um, little, they basically look like grapes, the little sacks in your lungs that convert, um, oxygen to CO2. You breathe out. That's kind of how you respirate. So these guys are testing for those, those certain things. So this is where legalization is a big deal because if we had a legalized body, we could have a standard by which these things are tested because the scenario you just brought up is a perfect example. Even if these guys test for it, send that product back, say, Hey, you have a bunch of vitamin E or MCT oil in your vape carts. Um, you should not put this on the market. There's n nobody knows what happens after that. It's at the discretion of the person that made the product, which is a problem because you could just assume that there is a potential open door for nefarious activity there. So anyway, as a sidebar, moving on. Right. Well, <laughs> and it's not as simple just as thickening agents as well. There's thinning agents that True. turn into formaldehyde, which could be also something that we see as as a good thing, terpenes. Mm -hmm. But people are putting terpenes back into the vape cartridges anyways. So that's a whole Whole yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to address it because we've had a lot of comments. What is it about vaping? It is these additives that people are throwing into their vape cartridges that people um, like the Canisay folk are testing for um, that are causing a lot of the issues. And a lot of these things are showing up again on the illicit market. Just don't buy vape carts from a dude in the back alley. Go to a dispensary like a normal human being. Not that easy if you don't live in a legal state. True. And call somebody you know in a legal state, have them ship. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, it always comes back to the safest solution is legalization so that we can have testing labs <laughs> and have everything tested so that it's 100% safe. I mean, they're, they're doing FDA government regulation testing. Yeah. Like, this is what the government is telling them to do. Yeah. That should be everywhere. It shouldn't just should be, be, okay, you live in California. Good for you. You can smoke clean, organic, tested cannabis. Like, you should be able to do that also in South Dakota. <laughs> I mean, like, it's fucked up. Anyways, sure. anyway, next question. As we step off of our soapbox. <laughs> yeah. I so mean, I an interesting discussion you had is how do they test or what do they test? What is, what is cannabis testing? look like? What does it entail? About every step is very important to our process because it can lead to a variance or significant, you know, change in result on the, on the analysis. And I'll, you know, and I'll get to that. But first and foremost, it starts with sampling. Um, with compliance sampling, we have to go out to a licensed distributor 
uh, observe the entire batch of flour or cannabis products and then we sample randomly from it to bring it back into our lab. So that's why compliance is done that way to ensure that we get access to the entire batch before we actually test it to make sure that sample that, that one sample we do run is representative of the entire batch going to sale. Uh, but R&D testing or QA testing is samples that clients submit. So someone can out of, you know, 20 kilos of oil, send me five grams. And yeah, I can tell you exactly what's in those five grams, but it's not necessarily representative of those remaining five kilos. And that can uh, obviously, you know, have an issue when someone says, oh, well, I'm on the last two kilos and now my numbers are different. What's going on? It's like, well, we really don't know what's in those to begin with. So that's first step is sample collection. So compliance, we go get R&D, we can also go get, but it also gets dropped off and selected for us. The next step is going to be analysis or it's going to be a, sorry, it's going to be the extraction. So the extraction is similar to just like someone who's making vape cars. We're going to take whatever the product is, whether it be flour, um, a suppository, a brownie, whatever it may be, and we're going to extract out the things we're looking for. So whether it be THC, CBD, the cannabinoids, whether it be terpenes, whether it be pesticides, solvents, we have proprietary extraction methods for each different assay to extract those chemicals out into some type of vial or container. And then once you have it out into a container, obviously with all these different ratios and calculations to back calculate out and whatnot, so it's very precise. Everything has to be, you know, um, very carefully transferred to keep the volumes consistent because those are all built into the calculations to get your results. And then we put it on analytical instruments, and that can be anything from an HPLC, which is high pressure liquid chromatography. I mean, it's all chromatic, it's not all, but the majority is uh, chromatograph work where you're taking something and you're putting it through a column that separates out at certain times and, you know, depending on your method and, and, and whatnot to tell you what it is. So I would take a standard of THC, 100% pure THC, set it on my machine so it knows the analyte that's coming off at this time on my method is THC. And every time a, method, a product comes through, we can get that um, not only quantify, but qualify it. And there's also other methodologies like LCMS, which is a HPLC with a mass spec on it, because certain things have to ionize to tell the differences. And then there's also GC, which is the same thing, but in the gas phase. So it's very, very precise equipment, very expensive equipment, very similar to pharmaceutical work. So if you know anything about blood labs or environmental labs, there's a lot of that same stuff. But the trick is that um, none of the stuff is actually made for cannabis. So the stuff is made for environmental, so you have to be very highly skilled to understand how to make that instrument read cannabis and read it properly and then read so it over and over imagine, again properly as well. Uh, what happens in a cannabis testing lab is not for the layman. No. <laughs> <laughs> it is for those who have extensively studied the extraction and analysis of compounds at either different heats or different extraction methods. And they do random testing it sounds like as well to identify the different compounds cannabinoids terpenes etc well random batch too so random like batch, yeah you would go in and you would select you know i'll take this this and this out of all your different batches and not just get some company to send in their sample yeah so that you know from their entire batch you have a somewhat consistency yeah and, and consistency in product, which is important. This is makes me feel good that these people are out here. 
Because this, this like yeah. gives legitimacy to the industry in the sense of becoming a consumer product. So, well, it's, it's of one of those things like flour is is difficult. It's something we talked about with Andrew Shire in our cannabis and pregnancy episode, where he was like, "Well, you know, cannabis flour, it, it it's hard to call that medicine because there's microtoxins and molds and and things yeah. like." Of that that would be any who plant knows how matter. It was grown, right? Yeah. Like different pesticides that could have been so, absorbed. So putting it through a lab and making sure that it is safe for consumption is obviously very important. Extremely important. And so it begs the question, of course, what are we looking for? Obviously, microtoxins and molds. I just said those, but like. What specifically are we searching for? What are we testing for in our cannabis? BCC requirements for testing. So there's profile testing, which is going to be your cannabinoids and terpenes, you know, so your THC or CBD content, as well as the terpenes that go into the entourage effect, which are very, very important for your experience. So that's kind of the profile telling you what is in it. And then as well as California requires us to test all products for residual solvents analysis. So what that is, if someone takes flour and extracts it into oil, um, we make sure there's no residual solvents there like butane or hexane, anything that you don't want to be vaping or anything you don't want to be ingesting. Uh, there's limits set for that as well. That's on the GCMS. Um, there's also pesticide analysis. Uh, we have the largest requirement in the entire world. So California has the strictest requirements in the entire world. So be very proud that not only is California cannabis the best quality, but also the cleanest. So it's much cleaner than anything organic or baby or certified or whatever. Um, and there's 66 pesticides that we test for that has to be done on a, a LCMS as well as a, a GCMS because certain things aren't stable enough in the liquid form. So if, so if you ever hear of a lab that only is testing these products on one type of instrumentation, which is probably the LC, uh, either they have found some new methodology that no one has ever verified or heard of, or they're just not actually equipped to do what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, there's ways to get away with it, but you're not going to be able to do a whole lot of testing um, like that or do it very accurately. There's also microbial testing, so any kind of uh, mold or bacteria or aspergillus. So we're not actually doing yeast and mold testing in California, but through foreign matter, we do examine for mold, so we're not quantifying or actually plating, but, but we do look for these things, as well as, like I said, the four strains of aspergillus, and one of those being black mold. So obviously you don't want that on your cannabis. Um, there's moisture and water activity. <clears throat> Those are what we call probably more preventative tests. Uh, moisture content definitely goes into your kind of like your profile for how smooth something may be, but they but both of those things also give you an indication of if microbes are going to form if they're not already present, um, as well as your mycotoxin analysis, which is another thing we do on our LCMS. And then you have a foreign matter that I mentioned already. And then the final safety test is the heavy metal analysis. So we have to test for four things here in California. I believe they are, uh, what is it, cadmium, lead, arsenic, and mercury. And what's special about California being the first state to require heavy metals testing, although everyone now finally is, is that California is very mineral rich. You know, we know the gold rush was here for a reason. And uh, and uh, cannabis pretty much absorbs everything out of the ground. Uh, it actually is a, it actually is used for phytoremediation, uh, excuse me, it's used for phyto remediation which essentially pulls all contaminants out of the ground and uh, that was actually used in chernobyl to help clean up the uh some of the contaminated ground 
around the area, they pulled, uh, I believe it was like lithium and arsenic back out of the ground so the land could eventually be actually used for vegetation again. So that's a lot of testing, as I just mentioned, a lot of different things we're looking for, a lot of very expensive equipment that we have to use, and that's why it's such an expertise, and that's why you've seen so many labs fail or being shut down by the BCC because they're not doing it the right way. So it's very complicated, it's not cheap at all, and you also have to have very so the major to run thing that we need to know about cannabis is that it is a bioaccumulator. And what, what is it? Um, bioremediation is what they used cannabis for in Chernobyl, right? Yeah. So cannabis, what bioaccumulator means is that it sucks up everything from the soil, meaning if there's pesticides, chemicals, heavy metals, um, good things as well, but it, it accumulates that all and sucks it into the actual cannabis. So if you're not growing with clean soil on clean land, you could actually be smoking lead. Which brings us back to the vape cartridge issue. You don't know what those vape cartridges are made of. You don't know how they're made. You could be smoking, effectively, you could be smoking heavy metals, which is what causes the lung injuries that we've seen. Anyway, well, there's another facet to that as well. A lot of the vape cartridges come from, we just, it's just a fact. We get a lot of our vape cartridges, like many of our technology items from China. And some of these cheaper vape cartridges actually have a tendency to leach heavy metals into the oils that weren't even there to begin with. Yeah. So if you had like lead in your cannabis and then it's leaching lead, man, you've really got problems. Which the illicit market, chances are you're smoking a cheap battery on a cheap cartridge. So what is extremely important here are the different types of things that they are testing for, um, be it uh, Profile, so that's metals, the standard profile. stuff. That's like your cannabinoid content, your THC, mm -hmm. CBD. Of course, pesticides, molds, microtoxins. 66 different pesticides? 66 different pesticides. That's awesome. And um, as well as moisture content, which... Could can, lead to mold. Could it, also lead to mold. And then mm -hmm. four different metals. I can't remember. And he just said them. <laughs> I know. I He just said... And mercury. Mercury. You do not want to smoke mercury. No. Unless your first name is Freddie. I get enough mercury through the tuna I eat out of the can when we're traveling in the van. I get enough mercury from Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, -bum. can't get anyway. too much mercury from that. <laughs> but anyway, so bringing it back around, we love to go on tangents around here. That's but I something I was really curious about is, so you bring your weed into the lab, you have this huge batch and it's contaminated. If Is there a way to say shit okay well i have moldy weed can i fix it in film school we used to call this fixing it in post fixing it in post <laughs> mm -hmm. can you do it you know that's a very good question uh certain things can be diluted to bring the levels down to an acceptable level so there's some remediation as possible uh you know there's some ways to Oh, there's some theories we have about, you know, getting rid of aspergillus and other um, microbial issues, but certain things can't go away. You know, certain things cannot be removed or at levels that are too uh, high, but there's a process that you have to have a remediation plan approved by the CDPH, which is the California Department of Public Health. And once they approve of your plan, 
you can then try it and have the same battery tested to see if it will go to market. But the good thing about buying legal is that when this stuff does pop hot or fail um, uh, in the lab, there's a process to have it quarantined and, like you said, either destroyed or remediated. So there's actually attention to it. What's scary about markets like CBD and hemp is that when we see things come in, for the people that do test, because there's no requirement right now in hemp, that's the big problem right now. Hemp, people don't realize that these products that they test uh, that, that's our, that are available at Whole Foods, are available in CVS, they're from the same freaking plant as cannabis but have no testing required. And what's scary about it is that when that stuff fails, there's no one to follow up to make sure that their products don't make it to a shelf. And, uh, and that's why regulation is so important. Um, and that's why people need to realize it is one plant, and we certainly want to destigmatize the entire plant, not just CBD and let THC. As a whole, you know, THC has medicinal properties as well. So we really have to start, um, you know, having a better conversation about uh, this plant and all the rules. We need to understand more or less uh, the risk when you come in. I mean, this is a pharmaceutical. It's just like liquor or anything, you know, like you don't buy moonshine more likely if you do, it's from someone that you trust or you know has been doing it properly when no one's, you know, gone blind or uh, died from their, uh, from their service. It's the same deal in prohibition, same deal. Prohibition doesn't work. So just like banning liquor, it's not going to work in cannabis. So with this vape thing, it's like you can't ban it because, you know, it's a $5 billion market. The illicit market is not going to stop because the government says, you know, it's unsafe. You know, they've been doing it illegally to begin with. So if you don't give people legal access to safe access, which is where we were able to determine the majority of these bad products are from the illicit market, you're only going to more only, uh, I'm sorry, more people are only going to die. It's not going to fix anything. It's only going to get worse. It's only going to give more power to these illicit operators who honestly aren't even hiding anymore. I mean, they're in these storefronts that, you know, they're on Weed Maps. They have LLCs. It's not like they're hiding anymore. You know, it's pretty it's pretty crazy now that you can actually estimate the amount of money moving through the illicit market because people are paying their taxes. You know, it's actually pretty crazy, you know, but unfortunately the enforcement, the money coming into the legal market hasn't been enough to, um, to you know, drive out these enforcement or have, you know, staying or long-standing enforcement. Um, nor has it been enough to actually educate. But, you know, the BCC's done a good job with their Weed Wise campaign, and they're also asking the industry to do some things as well to help educate and destigmatize and help out with that message. You know, if it's not coming from the federal government, the industry has to kind of has a responsibility, we believe, here at Canada to do it ourselves. And we've got some good partners right now, some good brands that we test with that we're going to be doing some education with, and we're very happy that some people are ready to take the burden on and kind of, you know, cut put their profits aside for a bit to reinvest. You know, we have some good business groups that are working with us as well. You know, the UCBA, there's a vape coalition, there's a vape coalition in the industry is kind of put together right now. There's a lot of good things going around, um, including the, even the Global Cannabis Alliance. Yeah, there's a lot of good people organizing. You know, we hate that it took deaths for a lot of these people to wake up, and these organizations have been on this stuff. Uh, don't 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 get me wrong, but there's more participation in all this stuff now due to the fact that it is getting serious. <clears throat> And we do have to protect ourselves and protect our um, market because otherwise we're just going to be depreciated assets when pharmaceutical comes in because they're going to come in. Then, you know, like CVS may have took off, uh, it was a cure leaf. I'm sorry if I said that wrong, uh, the CBD brand off of their shelves, but they're going to have their own CBD brand come right behind it. It's already back on the shelves. You know, there's other stuff on the shelves already. So it's not like they think this stuff is bad. They're just waiting for the opportunity to actually own it. 
and the cannabis industry has a duty to itself to organize and figure out how to um, even have equity or, or even participate because if we don't do something, we're not going to win. I mean, pharmaceuticals spent more money lobbying on cannabis than cannabis companies did. And with that, we are going to end this week's episode. We'll be back next week with more from Antonio and CannaSafe on cannabis testing. Again, one of those not really talked about cannabis subjects that is super important and will help with destigmatization, getting people to realize why legalization and prohibition is so important. So we'll be back next week with more. I'd like to thank Savina Monet for sponsoring this week's episode as well as next week's. Stay tuned for that. Also, Happy New Year, kids. As a present to you guys from the Mary Jane Experience, we are going to start releasing raw interviews of everyone we've talked to. That's right. You can go back for your favorite episode, listen to the full interview. There's some kind of banner and stuff that we like to cut out, but we figured it'd be fun to go ahead and let that play. So go back, check that out. As always, we love you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please like, share, comment, ask questions. This is a conversation. It's two-way. It's not just us telling you. Ask us stuff. Tell us stuff if we get stuff wrong, too. Um, So, yeah, that's it. Stay tuned next week with more from CannaSafe. I am Casey Jones. This is the Mary Jane Experience podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon.